Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Security Leaders, the podcast where we speak to security managers, chief security officers, specialists, and professionals from across the security spectrum. My name is Neil Sutton, editor of Canadian Security Magazine. My guest this week is Owen Key, Director of Advisory Services and Risk Consulting at KPMG in Calgary. Owen started at KPMG back in 2000, but has spent most of his professional career as CSO and Chief Information Security Officer at the City of Calgary. Owen rejoined KPMG just a few months ago to start the next chapter of his career. I recently spoke to Owen about his background as a police officer in New Zealand, his security career here in Canada, including his successful melding of physical and logical security roles, and what it's like to start a new job during the pandemic. Before my conversation with Owen, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Commissionaires. Start seeing information security as an investment and not, or not as an expense. Now people see that if you screw up, this has a cost, it has a reputational cost. The past couple of years, you've seen uh, the idea of secure by design working its way throughout the food chain. It's something that spawned from the very bottom of the pyramid. It's working slowly, but surely its way up the ranks. People are integrating security in the very process they're building as a veritable cornerstone of their business. My name is Jean-Philippe Descari-Mathieu. I'm the head of cybersecurity for the Quebec division of the Commissionaires. To learn more, go on commissionaire.ca. Thank you, Commissionaires, for your support of this podcast. Here's my conversation with Owen Key. Could we just get into a bit about your background? Um, I know you've been in the security industry for quite some time, uh, most of it based in Calgary, but you started off in New Zealand. Can you tell us a bit about your background in New Zealand and how you came to move to Canada? Well, yeah, so thanks for having me, Neil. I appreciate the opportunity to to do this. Um, you're right, I, when I come back now, I've it's almost 30 years, which I catch myself, um, you know, saying each time that I, I say it, you know, in terms of being both law enforcement and security. So um, it just means I'm a little old. Uh, I was born and raised in Wellington in, in New Zealand, um, moved to Auckland when I just finished high school or college, as we call it down there, uh, and did my university degree. Uh, I did a commerce degree up in Auckland. But I chose a slightly different career than most of my friends and, and ended law enforcement instead of the corporate law path or accounting path. Uh, I was lucky I was a detective on a crime squad, uh, ended up doing commercial fraud and then became one of the uh, first investigators in New Zealand in the 1990s doing computer related crime. Um, at this period, I, I man, managed to meet my wife during part of this and she's Canadian, so it's inevitable that you're going to come home. And so I transitioned back to Calgary in about 2000. Okay, when you when you moved to Calgary, what was your work situation like? Uh, it was lucky I, I managed to snare a job. Um, I ended up working for KPMG at the time um, as a senior manager there. Um, I ended up leading their forensic technology practice, uh, so the computer forensic practice for young Ca- uh, for Western Canada. Um, I had a, a young family at the time; um, they're all grown up now. But so travel was was uh, quite prevalent back then. It was difficult with the kids, so uh, position with the the city of Calgary came up, and I took that in the end of two thousand and four. What did you start off doing for the city of Calgary? What was your first position like? I, I rolled into the. Uh, manager of corporate security at the time. It was a small um, section for the law department. Um, They'd just gone through a reorganization of their audit and legal um, sides and was fortunate to to take a position under the law department um, running a what I would call a a very small security program. There was only five of us doing very generalist roles, uh, asset protection advisory roles in that too. Uh, It was a good kickoff for me, um, a a good uh, uh, small area that I could grow upon. So, 
Yeah, I think I first met you when you were in a, I think you were in the senior role at uh, City of Calgary, and it seems to be a real sort of hotbed of security thought. Um, often I chat with people at, in either in Calgary, this uh, either um, within the City of Calgary or within the organization of the City of Calgary, and there seems to be a lot of security forward thinking there, I would say. Um, can you maybe share a few highlights of either situations you dealt with or policies you helped uh, implement while you were at the City of Calgary? I was fortunate. We had a phenomenal team, and I also had some phenomenal backing from my bosses at the time, um, the city solicitor. And uh, you know, so we ended up having. I had a, a fairly good vision of what I wanted to do based on from the previous experiences. Certainly, stealing other best practices from other organisations, and uh, as is a number of other thought leading areas and stuff too. So I didn't really invent a lot of it. Um, we had a great team who was on board. Good uh, support initially, as I said, from my the city solicitor and ultimately uh, the city manager and a number of council. Um, and we ended up building a, um, a full service security uh, division within there of about 250 staff um, and contractors, of which I would say probably 70 or 80 of those were, were at least security professionals and advisory type roles. I wanted to, to build a, a full service, predominantly in-house group um, that I think the city wanted um, or needed. That's not to say that it would be the, the most uh, uh, practical one for any other organization. I think every organization is different and needs, you know, can be a hybrid or an in-house or a combination or completely um, a full service, managed services outside. We were lucky we had some early on successes, some large scale frauds that we ended up, which gave us some uh, momentum in terms of our practice. But it was then, well, okay, how do we become a little bit more proactive in our uh, physical security to prevent in our controls environment to prevent some of those uh, large scale frauds and thefts? One of the, the big challenges at the city of Calgary, obviously, was during the, the flooding situation a number of years ago. And I think you and I spoke about it for an article, but. Maybe can you just share some of those lessons learned and then how you dealt with that extremely difficult situation? It was an interesting time. Um, we'd we'd started moving, particularly within corporate security, we'd actually moved towards um, working a little bit of from home and, and remotely for a lot of our staff anyway prior to that. With the 13 floods, it was the, at the time, and I think Fort McMurray's fires have surpassed it, but it was the largest insurable loss in Canada. I think it was over $6 billion. Uh, All of downtown was was underwater, which included the municipal building, included our control centre. We The city lost its uh, telephone system. Um, and, you know, so as a result, we, we had already had a very brand new structured emergency operations centre. I would consider it a world-class EOC and a world-class emergency management agency. It brings every piece of the city together, including every discipline, all the enabling services and the core services the city provided. And uh, as a result, and, and I think it's well documented, things like the Stampede were back up and running within a couple of weeks, et cetera, too. But, you know, when it came to, to trying to get everybody working remotely to be able to service our clients, which was the citizens, um, you know, we put in uh, a VoIP system or we expanded the VoIP system that we were using at the time within, within the literally days. We had uh, remote uh, VPN and two-factor authentication on demand uh, within within days as well too, and expanded those out. There were challenges for IT to look at the networking side of things and the capacity, but it was done very collaboratively. 
um, from a security position. I had, uh, you know, my advisors who are mainly investigators were out, you know, doing physical security work. You know, they dropped particularly their, their core roles and were doing things that we needed to do from an operational perspective. I'm very, very proud of what happened in 2013, the way the city that handled it and, and also the way that corporate security handled it. It was extremely collaborative, one of the best times of, of my career, at least anyway. And I'm assuming there were some serious lessons learned from dealing with uh, an emergency situation like that, which you could apply to uh, disaster planning, uh, recovery plans, things like that, that you could carry forward. Yeah, absolutely. And and it was interesting because Calgary had already gone through in some of its neighboring areas a flood, and a smaller one in 2005. And so each year, you know, we would come together as an emergency management agency and, and you know, practice two main things. And, and I still remember this. They were flooding and pandemic. Uh, the city's had a pandemic plan for, for quite some time. And uh, and so I think those were put in place. Tabletop and real exercises were done pretty much on a yearly basis of, on for both. And, and I think just being that well prepared has certainly seen the city and other businesses. Because you don't remember all these businesses downtown wasn't just the, the the municipality, it was all of the major oil players that are based out of Calgary, lost their main um, buildings and were forced into a uh, disaster response and ultimately business continuity planning scenario very quickly. So I would suggest they're probably weathering the COVID side of this a lot easier than most uh, other um, places around the world at the moment. One thing I really wanted to talk to you about is how you've managed to meld the roles of physical and logical security. You were certainly one of the first people I met in senior security in a senior security role that has successfully balanced those two. Can you maybe give me some insight as to how that came about? Yeah, it's again, one size doesn't fit all. There are organizations where, you know, information security is under the um, IT area. And certainly that was the case when when I first started with the city um, and physical security that I ran or corporate security side was under the law department. And I would never say that, you know, you have to have it all under one area or you have to have it amalgamated. I think it's there are business strategies and decisions to be made for any organization. But um, just prior to 2011, uh, I was chatting with the director of IT, and I always had a vision that the two, particularly for Calgary, should be in the same area. Of course, I had a background in in forensic, uh, computer forensics, so I had that enough to be dangerous in terms of the cybersecurity side. So discussions with the former CITO at the time, and and then eventually we made a business decision together um, that was quite collaborative to transfer information security over to corporate security and bring that in under house in 2011. I did a lot of research. I did a lot of work, white papers, et cetera, too. And, you know, there was a lot of information out there about the pros and cons of doing such a thing. Um, Certainly it, it benefited us. Now, having put it under the, the same title doesn't necessarily mean the two are integrated. You know, there's still a lot of places still very much a line in the sand uh, between information security and, and physical security or logical security and physical security, despite being under that same org structure. And it's not true integration, really. So for me, the next phase, and we'd started doing this just prior to myself leaving and going back to KPMG, is to start doing a full integration of the two. Um, security to me is is very similar. You're still protecting assets. You're still doing consulting work at the front of security by design. You have security operations, an alarm and an alert is an alarm and is an alert under both. Um, and then you have incident response, which also you know has the investigation pieces. So to me, bringing them under you know a 
what I would consider a very lopsided bow tie model, um, you know, where you have security risks, whether they're cyber or physical at one end, operations in the middle, and then trying to reduce the number of incidents and, and investigations you're doing at the, at the back end. That would be the true integration. Bring that up into a governance risk and compliance tool. And then, and if you get me started, we'll start talking about organizational resilience. What advice would you give to people or to physical security professionals that are embracing logical security roles and, and vice versa? There seems to be more interplay between the two, either from the technology side or privacy implications or risk or, you know, however you want to measure it. But those two things seem to have come together, especially in the last maybe five or 10 years when I guess you were assuming a role like that. What advice would you have for security professionals who are now trying to balance those two? I think you need to look at the big picture. So for me, you need to talk the language of both business and security. And I know that is a cliche. It gets used a lot, Neil. But but to be perfectly honest, you need to have those, those skill sets and, and that big picture. To me, we're talking about organizational resilience. Every And it's particularly prevalent at the moment or, or relevant to, to today's world, especially with the COVID. But it can be for anything. That's an organization that is strong. That, that there's a Maori term in New Zealand called kia kaha, which means effectively be strong. Um, you can get through a lot of shocks and stresses by being a resilient organization. And there are three main components to that. First is, is your culture, your people. Um, strong people, strong culture um, certainly helps and your morale. Second piece is your financial, obviously. You need to have good cash reserves. You need to be able to, to, to have policies or strategies that, you know, in, in times that are tough, how are you going to deal with, with those? And then the third piece, which is where security falls under, is that risk management piece. You know, so security, physical, logical, and then safety and a number of others all fit under that, you know, putting controls in place. So understanding that big picture as a security practitioner, especially if you're into the management side, do away with the silos, get out of that mentality that, you know, I only do cyber or I only do IT or I only do um, physical security. I'm sorry, understand. You don't have to be a, an expert at it, but understand that you know the, the what the others are doing and bring those together because you're all feeding up into that risk mitigation or management and then up into that OR piece. Maybe talk a bit about how you transitioned over to KPMG now. Like you, you, you're now working for an organization that you work for, as you said earlier, that when you first moved to Canada, you come full circle and taken on a, a senior security position at KPMG on the cyber side. Can you talk a bit about that transition and what you're doing now? Yeah, so not as I said, not my first radio with them. Um, I've worked for only three employers in my my career: the New Zealand Police, KPMG, and the City of Calgary. Um, I consider myself quite loyal to to those. An opportunity came up to come back to KPMG and to work with with a huge number of of um, clients that we have around the world. What I like about it, it's a large organisation. It's a global organisation. I think there's some in Canada alone, eight thousand employees and thirty seven offices or so. I want to go out there and, and help those those clients. It sounds a little sappy, but uh, one of the partners here has said we want to embrace our clients, and it's actually true. You know, how do we help them get to a point? My my role is primarily uh, cyber, although I can I'm a little bit of a jack of all trades, and you know I can look at the governance, risk, and compliance. I'm in risk consulting. Um, there's a government piece in there. There's the forensic piece. Uh, some management consulting, smart cities, et cetera, too. So while while my focus is on cyber prim primarily, there is uh, numerous other areas that we can look at. We're there to to assist a you know an organisation. I think 
if you have a look at KPMG, our whole role is about organizational resilience for those businesses, whether it's tax and, and audit for a testation of controls or trying to minimize your tax liabilities, whether it's restructuring, or whether it's risk consulting or management consulting, it's about making those a little bit stronger. And so I'm I'm really looking forward. I, I started mid-March. I had a laptop couriered out to my home. I haven't even seen the inside of my office yet um, after three months, although we are starting a transition back. So it's been a throw in the deep end, but again, uh, not the first time that that's happened to me. Yeah, you're definitely starting during an interesting time, if I can use that term. Um, <laughs> An awful lot of us have had to move out our office spaces and working from home, but you actually started a new job uh, during this sort of uh, unprecedented situation where most of us are no longer in our office space. Um, aside from the, the the things that we've all had to adjust to working from home and you know dealing with the stresses uh, associated with COVID-19, has it presented any any new challenges or any sort of different ways of looking at the world for you? Um, again, I go back, I, I had experiences, as I said before, with, with the flooding and also just general working from home, um, you know, to, to get work done and efficiencies. This one, I'll be honest, has driven me a little stir crazy. And so that, you know, far as I've not been able to to do proper face-to-face -face meetings, and, and I'm sorry, but Zoom and Teams and, and Skype don't count. Uh, you know, that I am a people person. I think you get a better understanding of, of the issues that people are facing or strategies that their businesses are or understanding their businesses by being, you know, literally in front of them and sitting down and, and talking turkey with them. So I guess that's the one piece that, that has been a little frustrating. I, I know that will come right we're already starting to to relax a little bit on this um you know and i think everything that we've gone through we can certainly um you know uh, talk with other people and and get best practices you know i think our clients have a wealth of knowledge to give to us as to you know how they've survived or gone through this and the troubles and the issues they've got and i think that's the biggest issue for most consultants is that they need to listen properly to to the clients they're talking to the takeaways from the pandemic how do you think they're going to be implemented or how long is it going to take us to absorb these lessons and apply them to future risk and security profiles? I think you have to look at the business first before we apply the security um, on top of that. So the business pieces, I think you're going to see, and I think this is also part and parcel of of the next generation that want to work remotely and want to work a little differently. Um, most businesses are going to embrace this and say, I want my staff working from home or working remotely. Um, and I think that's going to continue. I think it'll come back. There'll be a, a lot of people that do go back to the offices. And so that working from remotely piece was already happening. Um, you know, from a cyber perspective, we were starting to concentrate mostly on endpoint devices. Didn't matter where that person was, they can be anywhere, they can connect anywhere. And so this is just push that forward. And I think that's the biggest thing is looking at, you know, how do we do uh, network segmentation, some high best cyber hygiene practices? How do we look at endpoint, um, advanced endpoint AV, you know, protect our, our more vulnerable assets or our, our more high profile assets? Um, you know, it's not just about perimeter security anymore. And I think, you know, all those pieces that we were doing prior are just going to be accelerated right now. It's quite exciting, to be honest. Thank you very much for joining us today on Security Leaders. It's been great catching up with you and I've enjoyed your insights and we wish you the best of luck in your new role at KPMG. Thanks so much, Neil. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you to my guest, Owen Key, and our podcast sponsor, Commissionaires. You can find more security-themed podcasts at canadiansecuritymag.com. I'm Neil Sutton. Thanks for listening. Thank you.